you're not alone. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Salt Mines X-Wing podcast, a podcast dedicated to the backbone of the X-Wing community. That's right, people just like you, doing what they can to get better at the game. I'm your host, Sailor Joe, and we'll get this episode started off right away with... List Building with Joe! We're going to start this week with the Republic, and um, this is uh, just a list that I threw together with the idea that I wanted to put efficient ships together and also give you something that's going to have pack a little bit of a punch, but also give you enough ships to cover objectives. So with that said, let's start off with, you're going to have Contrail coming in at I-5 with the Alpha 3B Besh. At I-4, you're going to have Barris Offie and Mace Windu in the Delta-7 Aether Sprites. Barris is going to have Patience Ion Missiles on R-4 Astromech, or you can put him with R-3 uh, with Calibrated Laser Targeting. Mace Windu is going to have Brilliant Evasion, R-4 P-17, and Calibrated Laser Targeting. Then at I-2, we've got Lat, or Hawk, in the Lat, with Enduring, the Tracer Missiles, Plo Koon, and 7th Fleet Gunner, and then two Naboo Handmaidens with Passive Sensors and Ion Torpedoes. Now, I'm going to get into the, the reason for selecting each of these pilots a little bit further on in the episode, but just let's talk about how to fly this. So, obviously, uh, Barris the Handmaidens, and Hawk are going to be your center block. Um, and it doesn't have to be in the center, but it's going to be your your block. And then Mace and Contrail are going to be your flankers. And the reason that you have this set up like that is you, you want Barris and the Handmaidens all going as fast as they can because those abilities are going to play into Hawk and make them more uh, unpredictable with that in-phase boost that Hawk gives out. You've got the handmaidens in there to be a little bit of control piece with those ion torpedoes and then also providing that extra evasion to Barris. You've got Hawk in the lat with Plo Koon reinforcing basically every turn and basically firing off 7th Fleet Gunner almost every turn. And he's got the Tracer missiles just to kind of start off first engagement, range 3, just putting, hopefully getting some locks out there. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, that's fine. But after that, he's going to be 7th Fleet Gunnering and Plo Kooning. Now, Plo Koon, for those that don't know, you've got the, at the start of the end phase, if you are reinforced, you may choose one friendly ship at range 0 or in your side arc at range 1. That ship removes one deplete or strain token or repairs one face-up damage card. So you got a lot of synergy going on with that. Uh, Plo Koon's going to help Hawk stay alive longer. And then you've got Mason Contrail just being your annoying flankers, corralling, 
um, any enemy ships into the main block of Barris, Hawk, and the Naboo Handmaidens. So anyway, that's the list. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed my explanation. Uh, let me know what you think. We'll go ahead and move on to our next segment, which is... AMG Rules Forum. And for our first question of the week, we've got Zam, Crew, and Boss Gunner, OP. How would the two of them work together? If I make a second attack with Boss during my turn, then I use Zam's condition when shot by an I-3, do I get to use both? Answer, no. Ships may only perform one bonus attack per round. If you use either Bosk or Zam's ability to perform a bonus attack, you would not be able to use the other ability to trigger a second bonus attack. Next question. Bombs cloaking and boosting. OP. Saw that in, a new f- in the new first order that the bomber can boost in the system phase, which made me wonder, can it also drop a bomb? I had thought that at one point in the old forums from FFG I had read you could not declare and drop a bomb. So could you boost or decloak and drop a bomb in the system phase? Answer. The TIE SE Bombers ship ability allows it to perform a boost action in the system phase and can be performed before or after dropping a device. As mentioned in the rules reference, a ship cannot drop or launch a device and decloak during the same phase. Next question. Tie Whisper Errata. OP. How are we supposed to use the PDFs of the officially errata Tie Whisper bases? Are we supposed to glue them onto the old cardboard? Answer. Yes. Next question. Naked Suntir Fell. Is that Suntir Fell with no upgrade slots a typo on the recent upgrades, or was that on purpose? Community Squad Builder apps still allow them. Thanks. Answer. Thanks. This is a known formatting issue that will be fixed with an updated version of the PDF. Next question. Grappling struts and overlapping. OP. With grappling struts, do you suffer the effect of asteroids or debris could when you first overlap them? Before they activate? Answer. No. Next question. TIE SFs and feedback ping. OP. If you equip TIE SF with first order ordnance text, are you then able to equip feedback ping? Answer. Yes. Electrotraff clouds. OP. Questions for the new upgrade. Electrotraff cloud is an obstacle. That's in quotations. This means seismic charges, trick shot, blackouts ability, etc. works on this, right? While a ship, and this is another quotation, while a ship defends, if the attacker is obstructed by a cloud, it rolls one additional defense die. An obstructed shot will give the defender two additional defense dice, or only one. Can we put an additional fuse marker on electro chaff cloud with delay fuses so it remains not two but three rounds? Answer. Electrotraff clouds are an obstacle and not a bomb, mine, or device. As such, they behave in a similar manner to other obstacles, including being affected by seismic charges, etc. You cannot place additional fuse markers on an electrotraff cloud. 
The wording around obstacles defines that what happens when an attack is obstructed by an electro-traff cloud, similar to asteroids and debris clouds. The defender rolls one additional defense die and nothing else. Unlike gas clouds, which allows the defender to change a blank to an evade result, in addition to rolling an extra defense dice. As a reminder, we ask that you try to keep post to one question, please. And little winky face. All right, and this is just a reminder that I'm going through this rules forum back to front, mean old post to newest post. So some of the stuff that is mentioned in this one no longer applies to the current uh, rules reference. So just make sure that you are following that. Now that we've done all that and we've gone through our major segments, let's go ahead and go into kind of what I wanted last episode to be, but I didn't quite know how to get there. And uh, big shout out, thanks to David Sutcliffe of um, Stay on the Leader, who kind of did what I wanted to do, but didn't know how to do. And basically what he did is he went through and he looked at which pilots got the best um, overall value increase uh, by faction, which factions did all of that stuff. Now, I know I just focused on the first order, and I think you'll see a little bit of overlap, but I wanted to go over what he posted and uh, kind of talk about how that's going to affect your list building. So to start off, we've got the top 20 standard pilots value gain versus 2.0, and this is by faction. So we start off with the Republic, got a 35% value addition over 2.0 rebellion 34 first order 30 scum 27 resistance 26 imperial 25 and cis 21 and these are all value gains over there so how does how does that break out well by faction it works out like this so the biggest increase overall we'll start with imperial and work our way down so imperial the biggest value increase is zertex strom with a 53 percent value increase the storm squadron 8 is next with 37 percent tempest squadron pilot next with 33 percent tied with pierce the bach also at 33 percent excuse me and there's a bunch more in there um, that all comes down to an average of 25% overall for Imperial pilots. Now, I'm not going to read all of them because I do want you to go and find this Reddit post and kind of look over this data um, because it's good for you to do that. It's good to look at what other people are posting and evaluate their data. All right. Next, we'll go into the first order, who the biggest value increase was Whirlwind at 48%, with Nightfall also at 48%, Lieutenant Rivas at 45%, 709th Legion Ace at 43%, Gideon Hask in the Xi Shuttle at 38%, Wrath in the um, Thai Whisper at 36%, and then all tied at 30% are Static, Muse, and Ember. 
Now, Wrath. Mm. Coming in at five squad points, I'm really not sure how to build out that chip, and I'm wondering if he should be five points. I'm just not sure. Um, because he's tricky to build out. He gives you quite a bit of loadout points, but doesn't really have slots for it. But obviously there's something here in the math that lets him kind of be a value. I just haven't figured out how to build him out yet. All right. Sorry for going down that rabbit hole. Next, we've got the Republic. And I'm just going to apologize right there. My son is uh, being a little bit uh, excited with his video game. And, uh, yeah, so that's that, that background noise. I'm going to try to edit out a little bit. So if you don't hear it, that means I did a good job. But anyway, moving on to the Republic, the biggest value increase is in Naboo Handmaiden, getting a 70% increase. Contrail and Paris Offie getting a 60% increase. Danae Elberger getting a 50% increase. Hawk getting a 48% increase. Mace Windu a 40% increase. Willif Tarkin getting a 37% increase. And then Click, Padme Amidala, and Luminara all getting a 30% increase along with Anakin in the Y-Wing. Moving on to Scum, we see the biggest increase, uh, value increase being Manaru at 48%, Cad Solis at 43%, Nerdu, Shulak at 40%, along with Ahav and Gamut Key, Dace Bonarm at 33%, and Cannon Jarrus in the Hawk at 30%. Moving on to the Rebellion, we've got the biggest increase being Derek Clevin at 50%, Arian Kraken at 47%, Lieutenant Blout at 45%, Gina Moonsong, and Braylon Strom both at 40%, Ten Num at 38%, Zeb and the Shethapede at 37%, Netrum Pollard at 35%, AP5, Thane, Kyrell, and Ibstibam at 33%, and Shara Bay in the A Wing, Chewbacca. And Dutch Vander all coming in at 30% value increase. Next, we move on to the resistance, where we see our biggest value increase at 43% of Kai Theron. Theronly, I'm really bad. In the Y Wing at 43%. Wilsa Teshlo at 40%. R1J5 at 35%. Meryl Cobbin, Sasha Zaro. J. Chris Tubbs and the X-Wing Kai all at 33%. And lastly, we'll move into the Separatists where we see our biggest value increase being DBS 32C at 40% and DFS 081 at 30%. So basically what all this means is if you're just going off of the numbers itself, the factions that you should be looking at building in are Republic, Rebel, and First Order. And then from there, it's kind of pick and choose with CIS being your last. 
Now, again, this is if you're just going by the numbers. And here's an important caveat to this is the numbers don't equal good. And let me let me say that again. The bigger the value increase over the 2.0 cost doesn't necessarily mean that that ship is going to be good. And I think that's important to point out because, let's face it, like, there's a reason that we haven't seen some of these ships in the meta. Now, that reason could have been that they weren't costed right or they were overcosted or something along those lines. But it could also simply mean that that ship just isn't, for lack of a better word, it isn't good. And, and I'll go back to, to Wrath, and I'm sorry to keep hitting on that, but Wrath is an I-5, so get this, Wrath is an I-5 TIE Whisper. Let's just pull him up here real quick. He costs 5 squad points, you get 15 loadout points, and he has the following slots. Talent, Talent, Tech Upgrade, Tech Upgrade, and um, Configuration, which you know you're going to be putting Enhanced Jamming Suite on. So really, he's got two Talents and a Tech Upgrade to fill out 15 points. What are you going to put on him that's going to make him value added? Are you going to put Snapshot on him? I mean, you have the points for it, but then you're kind of negating his pilot ability. Which, let's face it, are you going to get it off in the first place? With uh, the pilot ability, for those that aren't familiar, reading... Oh, hold on. Reading after you... After you perform a bullseye attack, if you have one or more non-lock red or orange tokens, you may perform a bonus attack against a different target. So it's just I don't I don't know how to kick him out and kid him out and I don't know that he's gonna be that good. You can't really put out maneuver on him because that's only gonna work on your on the bullseye arc. You can put juke on him or squad leader, but I mean really are you are you getting the value out of that? Debris gambit's no good, swarm tactics maybe Lone Wolf, okay, but there's probably a better places to put that. Trick Shot. And then all the rest of these are kind of lower in, in points cost. And then you're probably going to put either Advanced Optics or Pattern Analyzer on them. But that gives you 10 points in the talent slot to kind of put out and kit him out. And all of that to say that I don't think he's going to be any good, even if you do kit him out the quote-unquote correct way. And I think there's other pilots that kind of fall into that in the kind of in each faction like Gina Moonsong for example um, I mean at four squad points she's probably better than than you think but you know we hadn't seen her before because of her pilot ability which worked with other B-Wings so you see her a lot now in the tragedy simulator simulator list, but 
you know, is that, is that good? Um, Kai Thelani or Therolani or however you pronounce that in the resistance, both a Y-wing and an X-wing pilot whose ability reads, after you fully execute a maneuver, if you move through a friendly ship, you may perform a focus action. Or not a focus, an evade action. You know, okay, it's an okay ability, but is it is it good? Is it competitive? I don't know. I can't answer that question. Coming into I-2, it, you know, that's, that's kind of one of those weird initiative points. And each... Faction kind of has its own, its own thing to where you're just not certain right off the bat if that's going to be a good pilot or a good ship. So you have to kind of take what you know of previous metas, put it together, and compare it to your value added or value increase and then compare to see if what's changed, what's not, and build your lists around that. Which kind of is a segue into the next and final point where he listed out, and he being David Sutcliffe, listed out every ship by point cost, how much it costs in squad points, and what's the best value at each of those things. So, like for example, at eight points or more, the best value increase that we're seeing from the numbers comes in Empire at Captain Lincoln and Rear Admiral Chernu. And then followed by Leo Organa. And then Anakin Skywalker in... And I can't read what, what it's in. But those ones, you know, the value increase isn't a lot on there, but that's where you see it. And then at seven points, your biggest, your top three value uh, increase are Republic, Resistance, and Scum with Chewbacca, Poe, and uh, Trigger Happy Flyboy Poe, and then Scum with uh, Iman Azami. Then at six points, your top three are uh, Anakin in the Y-Wing, Anakin in the regular Delta 7, and Sunfac with Ensnare. Then at five points or less, the last one was six points, so now we're at five points, your biggest ones are Hawk, at 48% value increase. Braylon Strom at 40%. Ten Num at 38%. And Wrath at 36%. But again, we just got done talking about how Wrath has this great value increase, but he's just not in a good spot. And please, if you can find a way to make him good, by all means, I just... Like, I don't... I don't consider myself a person that has problems list building and I haven't found a list where I want to spend five points on wrath. All right. At four points. Now, 
at four points and below, this is where you see your biggest value added increase. So four points, we see we had three tied for a 48% value increase, Whirlwind, Nightfall, and Manaru. At 43%, you see 709th Legion Ace and Cad Solus. At 40%, you see DBS32C, Mace Windu, Gina Moonsong. And then at 38%, you see Gideon Hask in the Zai. Which having flown Gideon in the Zai, and even playing him wrong, I almost won a tournament with a list running Gideon in the Zai. And like the value that he carries in the list, really, really solid. I am I'm impressed with that pilot. Alright, at three points, your top ones are at 53%, Zertex Storm. And then at 50%, Danae Elberger and Barris Offi. At 47%, the Naboo Handmaiden and Arian Kraken. At 43%, Kai Thernali in the Y-Wing at 43%. And then at 40%, you've got Wilsha Teslo or the Resistance and Gamut Key for Scum. And then at 1 and 2 point ships. Now, you'll Link one, there is a single one point costed ship, and that is the Nest Pup. Um, but that one come that's value increase is negative sixty, just for those that are, are keeping track. But our top ones, at sixty percent we've got Contrail, at fifty percent we've got Derek Cleven, at forty five percent we've got Lieutenant Revis and Lieutenant Blout, and at forty percent we've got Nudu Shulak. And Ahav. So that kind of gives you an idea if you're building out points, depending on what faction you can look at your best counting to 20 based on the value. And I said at the beginning of the cast when I was working on the list um, that I would talk about how I came up with that a little bit more. And what I did was I looked at the most efficient ships that I could at the cost points and um, built a list around that. So you saw I had Contrail, I had the um, Naboo Handmaidens, I had Barris Offi, I had Mace Windu, and I had Hawk. And if you look at this and you see how they're all laid out, Hawk is the best for Republic um, at five points. Mace Windu is the best at four points. Um, Barris Offi and the Naboo Handmaidens are um, the best at three, although you could literally switch out Barris with Danae if you want, depending on how many in-ones you have. Um, and then Contrail, of course, being the best at two points. And the only option at two points for the Republic. So, with all that said, how do you feel about this data? Is it um, is it something that should be looked into further, or is this something that okay, it's it's data without um, I don't want to say without purpose, but without merit. Um, 
Is it just something that it's it's there but doesn't really mean anything yet, or is there is there merit to this? And I'm not going to answer that question. That's that's up to you to answer it. Please consider leaving a review, however you consume this podcast. It really means a lot to me. Also, please consider becoming a patron as it helps me grow this podcast and cover certain costs. And a big shout out to all my current and former patrons. I do appreciate the continued support of this podcast. As you know, I like to end every podcast with a question. And this week's podcast question is the one I just asked. What do you think about the data? Is it something that we should look into? Or is it something that we should just let it go? All right, this is Sailor Joe, signing off.